the truth of ourselves tonight.
treasure of my word, your blood. More than I deserve, your blood speaks a better word. It speaks a better word. It's singing out with life. It's shouting down.
you are born of water and spirit and wind, you will never enter God's kingdom realm. For the natural realm can only give birth to the things that are natural, but the spirit realm gives birth to spiritual life. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above, for the spirit wind blows as it chooses, and you can hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is within the hearts of those who are spirit-born, who are spirit-born. And then he says, Nicodemus, aren't you the respected teacher in Israel, and yet you don't understand the revelation? I'm going to skip down. He says, and just as Moses in the desert lifted up the brass replica of a snake on a pole for all the people to see and be healed, so the Son of Man is ready to be lifted up so that those who truly believe in him will not perish, but will be given eternal life. For this is how much God loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, unique son, as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will not perish, but experience everlasting life. So I'm, I'm just going to kind of break this down, what's going on in my brain when I read that. What I heard the Lord say is, there are some of you that... There needs to be a rebirth. 
And I'm not talking about salvation, although that is what he's talking about in, in some of the scripture, not all of it. But there's been dead things in you that God is trying to rebirth. See, that's part of the process. When you skip down and he says, Moses lifted up the pole, the snake, right? So that people could be healed. Just as I, just as Jesus has been lifted up so that we could be healed. Amen. So I just heard the Lord say that there is, there is dead places that he wants to bring rebirth to inside of you. And that the wind of the spirit wants to blow in tonight and blow life into those places. And that the enemy has been saying to you that there's no hope. The enemy has been speaking death into these areas. There has been lies that people have been believing because of what they see with the natural eye. That there is no hope in these areas, in these dead places, where the enemy has tried to make you hopeless. But the Lord is saying that this is an eternal truth. This is eternal truth. This is not world truth. So we have to shift ourselves into a place where we understand that we have to walk in a spiritual place. And we have to shift ourselves out of what the world says, what the world has told us, and what we see with the natural eye. Amen? So, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We ask that you would come and blow. We invite the Holy Spirit to blow. We invite the Spirit, the wind of the Spirit, to come tonight. Have your way. I speak life over the places that have been trying to die. I speak life into the places where the enemy is sucking you dry. Life to the areas in your life that you have felt like, that the plant looked like it was dead. But in the spiritual, there are roots and they were deep. And Jesus was moving in it. I bind hopelessness in the name of Jesus right now. I bind every lie of doubt that would tell you you cannot be healed, that your family cannot be healed, that your kids are not going to go back, that your marriages aren't going to work, that you'll never be free, that you'll never be healed. I break every lie and every demonic thing that is telling you this in Jesus' name. And I speak life over you. I speak life over you. I speak truth into you. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would come and that you would shake us, that you would shake us out, that the things would begin to fall off, that there would be a supernatural earthquake shaking within us tonight where the things would begin to come off of our souls. That you would come and blow on us. Rebirth, we call you up. We call rebirth. In Jesus' name, speak to your soul. Tell it to live. Speak to the places in your heart tonight and tell them that they have to come underneath the Holy Spirit and that they will live and they will not die in Jesus' name. Father, we partner with you and we ride with you. We say yes. Even if I don't feel like it, even if it doesn't seem like it, I'm saying yes to you, Lord. 
yes to you again. Yes to you tomorrow. Yes to you next week, Lord. Regardless of what I see and hear, I say yes to your Holy Spirit. So I have two, two quick things. I had one, but now I have two because I have a testimony to go with what Tia was talking about. And there's a principle in the Bible that when a testimony is released, that God's no respecter of person. So if he did it for me, he can do it for all of you. So I've been dealing really big time recently with depression. And it's crazy because in one hand, everything is really good. There are certain areas in my life where I was like, every like things are good and God is good and, and that. But then there was this whole other area of hopelessness that um, and dissatisfaction and this feeling of lack and depression this spirit of depression was coming in that I could feel it. Like I just knew it was there. And um, the Lord started revealing to me that there were areas in my life that, um, that I had not allowed him to satisfy. There are places in our heart, I mean our whole heart, only he can satisfy us. He's the only thing. There's no thing or person or situation that can fully satisfy your heart. Only he can. And um, so if, if that's you and, and you want somebody to partner in prayer with you, I would be happy to do that. But just know you can talk to him and say, Jesus, come and satisfy every place of my heart. Um, the second thing is um, a testimony that Bill Johnson was sharing that I felt um, the Lord telling me to release is um, the miracle of healing over brain trauma. Um, there are two testimonies. There's a testimony of a man who dealt with schizophrenia for 30 years, and he was healed miraculously. And he went on to carry that testimony and saw 60 people healed of schizophrenia from his testimony. And there's another testimony of a woman who had lupus, and it was affecting her brain. She would wake up every morning. She could fall asleep and be asleep for 30 days. And it was brain trauma. And I, I know that the Lord is a God who heals um, the same there as he does here and the same here as he does there. So if um, Jalen's going to come up and she's going to um, minister with me. So if you have either of those things, you know. Um, but also those things can be healed in the atmosphere of worship. So if you know that that's for you and you can claim it for yourself, take hold of it. And if you don't want prayer, you don't need it. Just go ahead and receive it for you. Okay, so I'm going to ask. Just if everybody in, in the room, and I know I'm being bossy, if you need to forgive me later, come find me. But I, I really, there's something about all of us uniting in, in, in unity and, and focusing in on what we're doing together. This is why Heidi Baker does a really nice altar exit, okay? We're not asking, this, I'm not asking for perfection, perfection, but what I'm asking is to position your heart right now and um, let's push in together for each other um, because I believe that the atmosphere is going to change and that people are going to get touched. So we're not asking you to do something that you can't give. You just hear me because I know this can get annoying. But there's something about partnering together and, and even pushing through with the little mustard seed that you have. I don't care how big it is, but focusing in what we're doing right now and pushing in together. Does that make sense? So if you're chatting, go outside, 
or not outside, but in, in the other, in the hallway. Um, let's just try to focus in together. Amen? Is everybody okay with that?
session download over it for my family for our nation for all of us really as women as mothers as mothers to be or whether you know they might be brothers it could be anybody but um you know the enemy goes after firstborn sons he's been doing it since the beginning and i was reading this scripture and i was actually on the phone across the country praying and we didn't have any idea where we were going to land here but I'm going to read out of Exodus 1 and um, I'll start at 15 it says then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whom the name of one was Shipra and the name of the other Fua and he said when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on verse stools. If it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and saved the male children alive? And the midwives said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women, for they are lively, and they give birth before we could come to them. Therefore, God dealt with, dealt well with the midwives. God dealt well with the midwives. Hold on, I lost my spot. <laughs> so, therefore, God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. This is a blessing of God to be a lively Hebrew woman. And this is not about judging abortion. This isn't about that because there's repentance and redemption for everything. And I know that well in my own life. But this is about not aborting the plans of God, including our children. This is about saving firstborn males in America. This is about fighting for them. And what happened was... The child Moses was put in the river and then was found by Pharaoh's own daughter. She found him and she needed him to live. She wanted him to live. Her heart went out for him. And so she went and said, go and get me someone to nurse him. Well, who she got, she didn't know who she was, but it was Moses' own mother. And she said, nurse, she didn't know it was Moses' mother. She just said, will you nurse this child? And she said, yes, and she paid her. She paid her to do it. I feel like God is saying that our sons, our spiritual gifts and callings, our firstborns represent so much. Um, God wants to finance the, the, the nursing back to life of that, including your sons. It's not that, it's not that you're going to have to fight and, and, and lose your finances or die in every way to bring them back to life. He, the enemy is going to pay for it. He's going to pay for us to nurse our sons back to life, to nurse ourselves back to life, to bring forth 
birth and not barrenness. And so I'm just going to pray corporately for a minute, just for a second, and release this. And if anybody wants personal prayer, I want to pray for you. Because my first son. Okay. So I want to clarify that if it's specifically come up, if, it, if you need prayer for your son or your brother that the enemy's been trying to take out. I think we'll, we'll kind of zone in on that. So I just want to pray corporately too. I just pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that this revelation in Exodus is for here, here for us now, that abortion is no longer the answer for the enemy doesn't get to push us in that direction. Um, physical ailments to be that have been put upon our sons via all sorts of other attacks of the enemy. That doesn't get to be put upon us. Our sons will live. Our sons matter. They won't die. Our brothers will not die. They will live. They belong to God. And we are Hebrew women. We are lively. We are daughters of Zion. We are lively and we give birth quickly. And we want to be multiplied, God in every way that is yours, in Jesus' name. Thank you. 
we're going to have to do some business first. So don't don't get all, you know, caught up in the business stuff. Let let the Holy Spirit stay and focus in. So I'm going to have Emily come and give some announcements because if we don't do that, then we don't get the information that we need out for what's going on. my assistant today, and I love it. So I asked Jaylin to go ahead and grab the, um, the offering bowl. We're going to send that around while I talk. If you would like to feed into what the Lord is doing at Arise, you can give by cash, check, PayPal, or you can write your credit card information on an envelope. If you'd like to give by credit card, you can go ahead and raise your hand. We'll get you an envelope. You can write down all of the necessary information on it, and then um, we shred those immediately as soon as the donation is accepted. Um, so I'll bless that really quick. Father God, thank you so much for the worship. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your kingdom and your spirit that's at work in this place. Father, we offer the offering of Arise back to you. And Lord, we just declare that these, these funds are for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray, Father, that we would be honoring in everything that we do before you. And Lord, I thank you for um, the generosity of the women of Arise, Lord. And I thank you. Um, I thank you that you meet all of our needs in Jesus' name. So you can go ahead and send the bowl. Um, if you need an envelope or you would like an envelope for cash or for a card, you can just raise your hand and Jalen will bring you one. Um, so super quick, I'm not going to be here really long. If you're new, welcome. We're so glad you're here. If you're interested in coming back or being made aware of what we're going to do week to week, um, you can go over to this table and grab a piece of paper, write down your first and last name and your email, and we'll add you to the email blast. You can also find us on Facebook, Arise Women's Gathering, like our page, and then every week you'll be made aware of our announcement of what we've got going on. Or you can join one of our private pages, Arise Women's Gathering Community, or our bulletin board. Our bulletin board, if you don't know, um, it's kind of new. Um, that's a place where we can really just share anything. If there is a speaker, or there is a, a sermon, or there's something from another ministry that you think is amazing and is going to touch people, then you can share it there, throw it up there. Um, but you do need to like it, I believe, in order to take part, because it is, I think, a private one. Um, what else? So next week is our Arise Fall Tea. This is our third annual, so, you know, it's kind of a big deal. Um, if you would like to come to that, it's not, there's no ticket, there's no price. I know we're asking people to RSVP. That's because we really want to make it nice. Um, we want to bring real glass dishes. <laughs> we want to have food and flowers and make it really special. So um, if you could go on Facebook and just respond that you're coming, it would help us to have an idea of how many people to prepare for. If you don't do social media, don't worry, we got you. You can just write down, we have a little sheet over here on the table, just write your first name. It's, you know, you don't need any other information. We're just essentially going to count you. Um, but you can write that there if you are not interested in RSVPing on Facebook. Um, so that's next week. That is um, November 19th. 
Um, and that is just a fun night to come and gab and connect, make a friend. Um, it's, you know, it's so important that we really get to know the women around us. It's amazing to do ministry and worship God together, but it's also amazing to build friendships. And so that night is really just about having fun. Um, the week after that is Thanksgiving week, and we will be off. So don't come, because ain't nobody going to be here <laughs> um, until we bless you to just enjoy Thanksgiving week with your family. I'm going to bring Rebecca up, because she also has an announcement. So we are going as a wise group to a time to plow um, event by uh, Chuck Pierce and Dutch Sheep. Um, so this is an event that the Rock Church in Castle Rock is hosting for them. Um, it's December 1st. Oh, I think I have that right. Yeah, December 1st. Um, and it starts at 6 p.m. on December 1st. So here's the deal. In order to sit together, I have to get all our tickets together because they're assigned to me. So you're welcome to just, like, do this on your own if you want to go up on your own. However, if you want to sit with Arise, I need you guys to sign up with me tonight. Um, so uh, basically, I need cash or check, and it's $12.25 for your ticket. You can sign your husbands up if you want to. Um, $12.25 a ticket, cash or check. I will have a paper um, on the table over here that you can write your name down on that paper. Um, and let's make um, the, the brown basket on the table is where you can put your cash and check into, and then go ahead and write your name um, with your phone number and email on the piece of paper over there. That way I can just confirm that the money is going to you. You cannot sign up with me if you don't have money. Sorry. <laughs> That's just the way it works. Um, and then we will all uh, sit together at that event. You're planning to go, and because um, I don't think Rebecca actually made a plan for this. I'm, I'm winging it here. But on our bulletin board where we have that information posted, hey, just say, I'm going, and see if somebody wants to carpool. Because there's no sense in everybody driving themselves if somebody else wants to go. Um, if you don't know Tia Martinez, this is her. I, I'm pretty sure everyone's here for you, so I'm sure everybody knows her. But Tia runs Healing Hearts international ministries and she does inner healing and deliverance and she is incredible i feel like this is totally pointless because everybody knows how amazing tia is but i'm gonna do it because yes tia um tia carries an incredible anointing for freedom and i'm pretty sure almost every single person in the room has been affected by her ministry and um so it's really an honor that we not only have her here every week to pray and to minister, but um, it's also an honor that she is teaching a full message, and we have made time for her to do that. <laughs> we, she always preaches during worship, too, but this is extra special. So, Lord, um, we just bless Tia, and Lord, we call up the anointing and the gifting that you have put on her, Lord, and we bless it, and we honor it, and we receive it here tonight, Lord, and we just ask that you would bring freedom greater levels of freedom for every single woman in the room. Lord, even the ones who think they're already free, God, there's always new levels. Um, and so thank you, Lord. Amen. 
that feels like they have been beaten up by the enemy, I want to say, let's just do this real fast. If that speaks to you and you're tired and you're like done, raise your hand. Okay. Neighbors, keep your hands up so they don't have to guess. Put your hand up again. Lay hands on the people with their hands up. Find somebody. Because this is what the body of Christ is for. To come alongside and to speak encouraging words. Soldiers would retreat for several weeks or months to go and gain strength. Feed themselves. So, Father, we speak right now over our sisters. And, Father, we thank you that we have every weapon of warfare that we need to bind the enemy. We thank you, Lord, that you are present and you are all-knowing and we are victorious in your name. We bind hopelessness and fear that would try to torment in this hour. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to heal and feed their souls right now. That you would begin to wash over them with the spirit, a rebirth with inside of them. That they would feel your presence and that your presence would feed every place that feels down and dry and hopeless and beat up and tired. Father, I bind condemnation and guilt and shame from operating from every person in this room where the enemy has beat you up and said, oh, you're weak, you're this, you're that. You shouldn't be feeling this way. Those are lies. And I give permission for you to be human, for you to be, because when we're weak, he, he is strong. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would fill every weakness in this room up with your presence and your strength and your love tonight, Lord. We stand and gird together in the spirit realm with every sister in this room, and we say in Jesus' name that there is victory, that we win in the end. In Jesus' name, amen. said, you know, it was like I started doing this and like every appliance at home broke, you know, every flu I could have gotten or got that year I got, you know, every single thing, every car that we got ended up breaking down and, you know, all these things started happening and she goes, she was at a light one day and it was red, longer than usual and she's praying and kind of going through everything finally got really mad and she said devil she said every appliance you take 
every kid of mine that you torment, every time you come against me, I'm going to set somebody else free. She said, I'm done with you. And I loved that because (laughs) for me, when I've gotten into this ministry, I had no idea what I was stepping into. And still to this day, we deal with stuff. And it's, I have to position myself back some days because there's some days I want to find a rock and hide, you know. But I know truth, and I know that the truth sets me free. And so sometimes i got to position myself back and look at what is going on around me and remind myself of what war I am in. Listen, I'm not saying you got to be on all the time. When I'm tired, sometimes I'm like, Lord, I need some angels to step in and fight. I need a break right now. Lord, I need permission to cry. I need permission to be weak. I need permission to not have it all together. In fact, I'm going to turn my phone off. I'm not going to answer anybody's phone calls or texts. I can't do it. And that's okay. But when God comes to me and fills me up and begins to his presence begins to come and his word begins to come I start getting stronger and stronger and I begin to get on my feet and go all right I'm ready to get back in and so I want you to know that there is a season that you may have to rest a little bit it may be a day it may be three months and that's okay but in the end we win Do not forget that. In the end, we win. Period. Amen? All right. That's not what I meant to say. (laughs) But I'm going to try to go over this because it's kind of long-winded. But I'm going to talk about guilt, shame, and condemnation. Um, There are many of us who struggle to walk in complete victory because we struggle with guilt, shame, and condemnation. So guilt is how we feel about what we have done, and we are guilty. We know what we have done is wrong, so guilt is a good thing. Guilt is knowing that we've done something, and we go, oh, man, I shouldn't have did that, right? So recognizing something that we did that was probably not good. Conviction is also a good thing. Conviction is when we are doing something wrong and the Holy Spirit is wooing us to repent and turn away from sin so that we may receive forgiveness from God and from others. So if you ever question whether you're saved, if you get convicted, that means you're brand new, right? If you don't get convicted, you don't have the Holy Spirit. If you get convicted have the Holy Spirit. So when you get convicted, you're like, well, it's just not my sin that I'm, you know, that's a lie. I got convicted yesterday. Holy Spirit is alive and well in me. Shame is, on the other hand, an emotion that we feel because of the things that we have done or the things that have been done to us or due to our circumstances in life. Shame is how we see ourselves, and it's how we feel about ourselves. 
most of us have been programmed for shame from an early childhood. How many times did we hear, or perhaps we have even said to our own children, shame on you, or you should be ashamed of yourself? This was an unintentional curse of shame being placed on us. just grow up believing the lie that we are less than, that we're not good enough, or that we don't have worth. So a good example of this is, um, I don't know if they still do this, but back in the day, there was a, in the store, a grocery cart where the damaged cans were in the cart and they were discounted. Some, so they weren't worth what the other groceries were worth because they were bent and damaged. Some of us grew up feeling like this, like we didn't have worth because we were damaged in some way. Some of us grew up feeling this way but never knew why we felt this way. We grew up behind a grid of shame and believed a lie. Those people often grow up either to be depressed or always just give up or to become workaholics trying to prove themselves to themselves, to men, or to God. So then we fell and are striving to please God and man, and we feel a sense of shame. So it's a cycle. When we, when we fail to live up to our own expectations, we are ashamed of ourselves, and we have a problem even in growing our friendships or even to be able to form relationships because we think if they really knew us, they wouldn't like us. Notice I said when we fail. We will fail at times. You will all make mistakes. However, if you grow up under this striving to please or to be good enough, you might become perfectionists. We need to give ourselves permission to make mistakes. I'm not talking about sin issues here. I'm talking about life and just in general, we need to lighten up on ourselves and give ourselves permission to make mistakes. So we need to understand yourself. How can God forgive you if you won't even forgive yourself? If you fall, fall forward. Learn from it and go on. We are not perfect, so run as fast as you can to the Father and ask him to forgive you. Fall forward. I know we've heard that before, but how many times do we have to remind ourselves when we do something bad? If it's under a grid of shame or condemnation, we don't fall forward, do we? 
want to run and hide like Adam and Eve did in the garden. But when we fell, we, we want to fall forward so that Jesus can come. And that's what he's waiting for. He's waiting to come so that he can be with you in intimacy and he can help you and he can help lift you up. That is what he does. Don't do what so many people try to do. They are so ashamed at what they did. They try to make themselves good enough for God before they can come before him. And I've said this before. There was, there was a vision that God gave me of um, these doors. And some of these doors had caution tape and they had do not enter signs and all of this stuff on the door, on all the doors. And I, I saw where Jesus would knock on these doors and the women would kind of look out the window and look at the, the people uh, or look at Jesus and not open the door. They would just stand there like scared. And I saw this one door that this lady was looking out of and Jesus was knocking and she propped it open. And in, in this house, she could see like she was a hoarder and she had boxes everywhere. You know, she was dirty. And she's propped, she's got the door propped open and she's looking at Jesus. And Jesus all of a sudden has this pack, like janitor pack on him. And he's like waiting for her to let her let him in so that he could come in and help her clean up the mess. But so many of us, right, when we invite somebody over for dinner, what do we do? We clean our house. We want to look like this is how we always live. Before anybody comes over. But the reality is, is that Jesus is in the business of restoration. He is not waiting for you to clean up the room so that you can invite him in after it's clean. He is waiting for you to, to let him in so that he can grab your hand and he can clean with you. So you don't have to do it alone. That's what he's waiting for. And so she flings the door open. And he smiles and she smiles and they grab hands and they like skip off into this room. And I'm like, wow. And he said, so many of my people will not let me in. But this is my desire. If we fail God or we commit sin, we are ashamed of ourselves. We become afraid that everyone else can see our junk. And we often times will isolate ourselves. Shame partners with rejection, and the enemy convinces us we are not loved or good enough. You hear that? Shame partners with rejection. We begin to put up walls around ourselves that keep others out, and we end up isolated, wanting friends, but not knowing how to reach out. The enemy wants to make us feel that we need to hide from both God and people. So we hear things like, if they really knew what kind of person I am, if they knew what happened to me, if they knew what I did. The enemy wants to rob us of real fellowship with others. 1 John 1, 7 speaks of walking openly in the light with one another. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. That's why it was so important that if somebody is struggling next to you, you may be fine tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. But there may be somebody next to you 
that needs that fellowship, that needs that prayer, that needs that prophecy, that needs that hug. And that is what the body looks like. So the enemy wants to block us from coming freely before the Lord and his transforming glory. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 through 18 speaks of coming before the Lord with nothing covering our face and letting his glory shine on us so that we are taken from glory to glory. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate to look thoughtfully for a long time. The Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with an ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We all know what that means. Y'all get that. With unveiled faces. When you cover your face, what are you trying to do? This, this veil actually is talking about the word actually means the same veil that Moses wore when he came down from the mountain because his face was so bright. What the Lord is saying here, that when we come with an uncovered face of not trying to hide behind our junk, not trying to hide behind our sin, not trying to hide behind our shame, our condemnation, our guilt, that when we come before him and we allow his glory to shine, we look face face to face and we're not hiding We're looking thoughtfully at him, at the loving father that he is, and his glory shines upon our faces and allows our face to become bright. What is happening? He is transforming you when you are looking at him, when you are giving him everything, when you are surrendering everything, when you are throwing the veil to the side and saying, God, have all of me. I'm a mess. I'm not worthy to be in front of you. You know everything I've done. You know everything that's happened to me. But I'm choosing to look at you tonight with an unveiled face so that your glory can make me, transform me to be who you created me to be. of us, everything we hear and everything that happens to us gets filtered through a grid of shame. Everything we hear, words are twisted. Things that people say to you are twisted before they even enter your ear gate. The shame and the rejection and the condemnation begins to torment you. The filter is dirty. It's causing marriage issues. It's causing friend issues. It's causing daughter-son issues. It's causing God issues. It affects how we see things, how we are able to respond in every facet of our lives, this grid of shame. We are unable to let go and release ourselves through forgiveness. You see, Satan will tempt you and tempt you and tempt you. And when you give in to that temptation, he will condemn you, he will condemn you, and he will condemn you. 
if we acknowledge immediately that we have sinned and we decide we can't make ourselves worthy, we ask God to forgive us, and on the basis of his forgiveness, we forgive ourselves, and we won't be living under condemnation. That is the key. That is the recipe. (laughs) That's the recipe. But see, the enemy, if he can get you to get mad at God, if he can get you to get mad at so-and-so and focus on them, we don't fight against flesh and blood. But if he can get you to look through this grid of shame, to focus your eyes on what is not true, then he can keep you in this place. He's stealing from you. So I'm not talking about taking our sins lightly, nor am I talking about being presumptuous, thinking I don't have to be watchful because God will love me no matter what I do, and he has to forgive me no matter what I do. That is not what this is talking about. I believe that this is a sin of presumption. After what Jesus did for us to pay for our sins, we should never take it lightly. We should never take what Jesus did on the cross, the pain that he endured, honor and the disrespect that he went through. The life and the breath that he gave and the body fluid that he gave hanging on that cross, we should never take that lightly. But I'm talking about this writ of shame, this filter, the hurts, the pain, the things that we get pulled into, the things that we do, like Paul said, that we don't want to do. But however, we need to remember we can't make ourselves good enough. We are not worthy that he has made us worthy, but we in our humanity will fail sometimes. When this happens, don't let the accusing voice of the enemy say, oh, you can't live this, or look at you, you're not a leader. You don't have control over your temper. You can't help yourself. Remember, there was an assignment to get you to trip up so that so immediately go to your father, ask forgiveness. Don't try to fix it yourself. You can't. If you could, you would already would have. You, you already fixed it. Let God push back your enemies. Your only responsibility is to bend your knee. to bend your knee, to admit what you've done, to admit what is happening to you, to recognize where the enemy is stealing from you, and to bend your knee to him so that he can heal you. That is his desire. Forgive yourself and tell Satan, yes, I did that, but God forgave me and I forgive myself. 
Now go in the name of Jesus. Walk in forgiveness with yourself. Those are the things, when I say recipes, those are the things that need to be done. Forgiveness, repentance, those are all tools that are used in our daily, our, our life skills is what I call them, our daily walk to gain freedom, to take back what the enemy has stolen. So condemnation is a tool of the devil that keeps us bound to our past and bound to shame. God does not want us to be living under a cloud of shame. He has given us grace and his salvation to free us, to cleanse us from all the shame of our past. We are unable to let go and release ourselves through forgiveness. That is where we get stuck. Is this speaking to anybody? So I'm not, I'm not going to go through any more of the teaching because I can't see. I think it's 9 o'clock. But what I, what I want to do is go into some ministry because what I'm asking you tonight is I'm asking you to look, at, to look at your heart right now. To look at the places where we talked about warfare earlier. Look at the places where there are things in your life that are happening right now. I want you to take a moment to observe and see what is the Lord doing that you can't see because you're too busy worried about what the enemy is doing to you. What is the enemy doing? What tools is he using to get you distracted, to get you to feel condemned and shut down? Focus in and allow the Holy Spirit to begin to show you. Lord, is there shame? Do I walk in a grid of shame? Is there a grid of rejection? Is there a filter, Lord, where I'm responding to you or I'm responding to my husband or I'm responding to friends or coworkers out of a filter that needs to be touched and cleansed by you? There's shame in places in your life where the enemy is trying to steal joy and trying to steal life or steal your identity. Is your identity based on condemnation and shame or what you did last week or what you did last month or what you did last year or what you didn't do? to go in and be with your daughter in the mess. Just like the desire that we have as parents to be there for the ones that we love, Lord, that is who you are. That is, you've put that in us. So, Lord, we're asking that you would come right now to the door of our hearts. 
sorry if you've been knocking and we've been afraid to open up because of what you're going to see when we open the door. But Lord, out of your goodness and out of your love, you want to come and you want to clear up the cobwebs and cleanse the filter and the pain and the hurt and the disappointment. So I, I want you to focus in and I want you to pray this with me. You don't have to say it loud. You can pray it out loud or you can pray it just silent, you know, softly. But I want to break shame first and then I I want to allow, allow the Lord to move. So I want you to say, Father God, I repent of agreeing with the enemy and believing his lies that I'm an evil person that I am bad that I'm different from others that I don't fit in that I am dirty and that I am not worthy I repent of trying to hide myself from you and from others I repent of not believing that the blood of Jesus can cleanse me from all the sin and shame of my past, from all things I have done and all things that have been done to me. I repent for not believing your word and not accepting your cleansing and your love. I renounce shame. I renounce shame as a work of the devil designed to rob me of joy in an open relationship with you, Lord, and with other people. I renounce shame as a tactic and a tool of the enemy to keep me from becoming and being the person you created me to be. I choose this day to be free from all shame, to receive my cleansing and my full release from all the shame of my past and all the shame of my youth. I break all agreements I have made with the lying voice of shame. I break all soul ties, every generational tie that would bind me in any way to shame. I break every curse, spoken or unspoken, over my life. I break every vow, every covenant, every contract, and every agreement that would give shame any power in my life. Lord, I come to you now for your cleansing touch and a full release from all the shame of my past, everything I have done, and everything that has happened to me.
Jesus' name. Amen. again will these hands be used to wound or hurt or abuse. I repent for using these hands to abuse. From this moment forward, these hands will be used only to worship you and to reach out to others in love. In Jesus' name. Put your hands next to your mouth and pray with me. Lord, never again will this mouth be used to wound or to hurt or damage or curse. I repent for using my mouth to abuse. I break the power of every hurtful word that I have spoken over myself or my loved ones. From this moment forward, this mouth will speak only blessings and not curses in Jesus' name. Put your hands on your eyes. Lord, never again will these eyes be used to inflict pain or abuse. I repent of giving looks that would wound or hurt. From this moment forward, these eyes will display only love of God in Jesus' name. And point at your feet. Lord, I repent for ever using these feet to kick or stomp or strike in anger or abuse. From this moment forward, these feet will only be used to follow you and lead others to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can put it down if you need to. And so I, I want to do one more thing. Y'all following me? You good? Okay. Not falling asleep when you close your eyes? <laughs> All right. Close your eyes real fast. Just say, under your breath, Holy Spirit, I give you permission. something or he may tell you something just sit with him Holy Spirit take him to the place where the enemy came 
Christ's trauma. And let's pray for these souls. When you see or remember something, I want you to forgive. You may need to forgive yourself. You may need to forgive the person in the memory. You may need to forgive God. whatever he's showing you. Jesus, show me truth and heal my heart. And when you feel his presence or you see that he's there, I want you to say, Lord, is there a lie that I believe in that place of pain? And listen to his breath. rejection remove the self-rejection self-punishment self-hate Lord come and begin to remove these off of my identity let him do that
touched by the Lord right now. I'm getting a play because I'm going to open up. Um, if you have to go home, um, I'm going to release everybody. But what I want to do is call up some of my prayer ministry team because I want you to not leave here if there's still something that is bugging you, if there's a filter, if there's something that you you deep hear God touch your heart in a certain place and it's not budging, if this is something that chokes you, if rejection is something that you're dealing with, if shame is something that you're dealing with, I want you to come up and get prayer.
Yeah. 